everybody. Welcome to the Diorite Podcast. It's Burke and Alyssa Miller. Both dietitians. Both moms. Both from the Midwest but live in Denver. Both. Really cool. Both <laughs> I don't know. Dog lovers. Dog lovers. We, we have, have crazy dogs who are almost six years old, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. We yeah, both have sons six. named oh eight with A's. Aiden and Ashton. Aiden and Ashton. So that means next you have to have a baby and name it with an N. Okay? All cool. right. Get on that. <laughs> Cool. <laughs> You're in charge. Jump on the train. Okay. Um, today we're going to talk about intuitive eating. And steps you can do to become yeah. an intuitive eater or more mindful eater. Because we talk about intuitive eating a lot. Mm-hmm. We don't necessarily give you tangible resources on how to do it, mm-hmm. which I think is important. Yep. So that's what we're going to do today. Whoop, whoop. You're welcome. This yeah. is what you asked for. Okay. Two of you asked for it. But and, thank you. Yeah. But yeah. thank you. <laughs> thank you. And feel free to go on to our Instagram and request whatever you'd like to hear us talk about. Yeah. Um, at diet.riot.podcast. We're super active on social media. We're really good at it. <laughs> I roll. We're getting better. Yeah, we're working on it. We just would Actively. rather talk than be on social media. Ugh, it's so hard to get on there. I know. And make it look good and I try. I really like our memes that we do whenever yeah. we... <laughs> The pregnant one, the last one that I did. Yeah. I was laughing so hard at all the mean girl memes that I could find. I love mean girls. So that's, that's, yeah. So if you want to crack up at our Instagram, go on there. Yep. Okay. So intuitive eating. We've talked about this before. Do you remember when you started your intuitive mm-hmm. eating journey? Yep. Journey. Um, yeah. It Years was ago. 2013. When did I get pregnant with Aiden? He's born in 15. <laughs> so, yeah, 2015. Mm-hmm. So mine started, yeah, probably 2014. Is when mm-hmm. it was right before I got pregnant. Yeah. Which was an interesting transition into intuitive eating while you're pregnant. Yeah, I felt like I was actually a really amazing intuitive eater when I was pregnant because I was just like, well, when you're so nauseous, you're yeah. just like, I'm literally eating whatever I can not, like, yeah. whatever I'm going to keep down and not vomit, so... I wrote this blog post of how to intuitively eat. Oh my gosh, intuitively. my word. I tried to blend them together. How to intuitively eat while pregnant. And in my blog, I was like, it's actually easier when you're oh, pregnant. Oh, it's so much easier. It like was a good way for me to get really good at it because you have to drop the quote unquote food rules of like, because you literally can't eat anything else. Yes, <laughs> and food safety. Like you have to follow food safety rules yeah. and you have to like be like... You have to give up your, you know, alcohol and like you have to follow specific <laughs> rules. Um, so it's like, those are enough. Like, yeah, giving up those things is enough of a rule. So yep. let's not add any anything else on our plate. Exactly. And if you're going to throw up, if you eat something other than cereal, then you eat cereal and you deal with it. And it's mm-hmm. like, you know, whatever. So foods that you had previously maybe avoided because you thought they were quote unquote unhealthy or bad mm-hmm. for you or whatever. During pregnancy, you just eat whatever you can because you're in survival mode. You know you mode. have to eat. Well, and you know you have to eat, and you know you feel... Like, for me, I felt better. Mm-hmm. I felt less nauseous when I had something in my stomach. Yeah. So, I, it was like I was constantly having to eat, but everything made me sick, so it was 
Cheerios, man. Man, and I'm waffles. so happy I'm past that point. Waffles, waffles and peanut yeah. butter. And I was pancakes. This is love yeah. most carbs. <laughs> I know. I was like, I'm eating so many more carbs. But, you know, I needed it at that point, and I felt, and then I went to Italy. Yeah. Carb oh, city. Oh, oh, oh. I just Gosh. had pizza every day. I, know, I put like, a lot of veggies on there. had a lot of salads, okay. too, but... Oh, I man. feel like Italy while pregnant, although you can't in, engage in the wine part. I mean, you can have a sip. So, we're both going to talk about kind of our, um, like, what we would recommend to someone to start their intuitive eating journey. So, we both have different ideas. We haven't talked about this yet or what we wrote down. I have, like, five steps, I guess. I have about eight. I took these notes last week, so I have to re-engage. But. Mm-hmm. So, you go first, what you think worked for you. We'll just do every other. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Good idea. Okay, the first one I like is don't watch the clock to tell you yes. it's time to eat. So yeah, I know I used to be in the habit, and it's hard when you work in a workplace if you always take your lunch at the same time or mm-hmm. you like are forced to take it at the same time, then you don't really have a choice. Yeah. Um, but don't watch the clock to tell you when to eat. So what we started doing, well, Liz and I work from home now, so it's way easier yeah. for us. We just make breakfast when we're hungry. Um, but even when we go into the office now, we bring our breakfast – Mm-hmm. And then we eat whenever we're hungry. So sometimes it's right when we get in. Sometimes it's two hours into work. Um, but we are listening to our body's hunger cues and we're eating when we're hungry. And so we don't just look at the clock and say, oh, it's noon. So I have to eat lunch now. Or, oh, it's six. I have to eat dinner now. Like we just eat and start cooking when we're hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was probably one of the first things I did was just avoiding the clock and stop, you know, stopping like to rely on the clock to tell me when I'm hungry and when I need to eat. That's a really good tip because I feel like that is such a hard habit to break, but Mm -hmm. such an important one because really every meal choice that you make leads into your next one because depending on what you eat at that meal, it'll depend how quickly your body gets hungry and, Mm -hmm. you know, or stays full um, for longer or shorter periods of time. So your next time you eat will be, should be different. You know, I mean, Mm -hmm. that's normal. If you're eating different foods and you're in a different state, you know, then it should adjust how quickly you get hungry um, for the next time. So that's a good one. Okay. So my, I feel like, let's see, for me, the first thing that I feel like I did to become a better intuitive eater was to, um, like, become more aware of thoughts that I had around food. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I, I think especially going to school as a dietitian, which I think sometimes makes diet culture and, like, dieting worse for a lot of people when they go to school to become a dietitian. Because we learn about all these, like, medical diets and weight loss and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But I think for me it was, like, bringing some awareness to, hey, that weird thought that you have about bagels, for example. Mm-hmm is not rooted in truth. Like, Mm -hmm. it's okay to eat bagels. Like, I just remember having this big thing about bagels and why, like, I would never eat them because they were too good. (laughs) Well, and I just remember being like, oh, it's just a carb bomb, which it is. I mean, there's a lot of carbs in there for sure. Right. But it can be a great part of your breakfast. Like, if I have half a bagel or a whole bagel with eggs and cheese and, you know, like a lot of protein and stuff, I feel great, you know? Yeah, that's... Yes, exactly. So I just think, like, bringing some awareness to why I had these foods on my, like, do not eat list or stay away from or eat very seldomly, like, I don't know, I just needed to bring some awareness. And I think that's just diet culture of, like, foods that have been villainized for Mm -hmm. reasons either too high in carb, too high in sugar. I don't know. Well, and I think a lot of people really 
truly believe like if I eat this food, I'm going to get fat. I'm going to gain weight. I'm going to, and it's like you just eating this food once or even like once a day, it's a small amount. Like you're not going to just all of a sudden pile this weight on. Right. I mean, there are certain things, you know, drinking soda every single day. Like there's some things that we just don't need. Like your body's probably not telling you that you need soda. Right. You know, if you need caffeine, there are other ways to get caffeine, you know? Mm -hmm. And so there are definitely foods in foods that are not really real food and that we don't need in our bodies. Mm -hmm. Um, but a bagel still has some, you're still getting some good benefits. You know, it's, it's not like it is like it's, quick energy, like yeah. good carbohydrate, and you if you put on like protein, you know either you like can put protein on or butter, fat, yeah. yeah, cream cheese, yeah, yeah. Carbs are not bad, and I think not that I th- and specifically I shouldn't say carbs, starch. Like yeah. to me, bringing awareness to like, hey, starches aren't the enemy, and not even like I I think we've talked about this before. I don't even consider myself like I wasn't a big diet cycler or like even into diets at all. I'd never have been. I've never been one to, like, worry too mm-hmm. much about weight gain or weight anything. Like, mm-hmm. I just kind of exist and make Same my here. choices. Yeah. I think both of us kind of come from a similar place. But I think even just bringing awareness to the diet culture lies that I did have going on in my brain that I didn't even know existed was really important. And I feel like even now, how many years later, five years later, I still have certain things that I'm holding on to that I'm like... No, why can't I do that? You know? Certain things creep back in, yeah. Yeah. The other morning, my mother-in-law made cookies the other day for us, which is so sweet because I was craving cookies, and I don't have the energy to make them. Hashtag 37 weeks pregnant. But so she the time this is out, you're going to be like 39 weeks pregnant. Yeah. Or have a a baby. Depending on how hot it gets, I might just pop her out because it's ridiculous. So she brought us cookies, and the next morning, I really wanted a cookie when I walked downstairs, and I was just like, why can't I? I absolutely can. I'm about yeah. to make some eggs. Like, I'm about to make this smoothie. I can have a cookie right now. Like, I'm still, and yeah. I ate a cookie, and it felt so good. But in my head, it was this rule of don't have dessert first thing in the morning. Yeah. Which, to be fair, my body doesn't necessarily respond the best way right. to a cookie first thing in the morning. As, like, your soul breakfast, <laughs> yeah. especially. Yeah. Like your body itself. would not respond to that by itself. No. Yeah. And I will tell you that I had to... I definitely struggled through the rest of the day, like, with energy. Like, I, I could tell... When I, whenever I have like added sugar before noon, mm-hmm. I know my body specifically, the rest of the day just doesn't function super well. Mm-hmm. It's a pitfall that I have to deal with. But if I think it's worth making that choice mm-hmm. because I really want it in that moment, that's okay to do every once in a while. Now, there are most days if I want a cookie or something first thing, I can think beyond that and go, okay, how is this fallout going to happen in my life? Like for the rest of the day, do I really want to be energy depleted? Do I really want to go on like this blood sugar roller coaster? No. So I'm going to have my breakfast first and I'll save the cookie for later. But that day, it was just nice to be a little liberated Mm -hmm. (laughs) and do what I want. So it felt good. And sometimes you can make those choices. There's lots of factors that weigh into it. And I think that's, like, my biggest thing is taking giant steps back and looking at your day as a whole Mm -hmm. instead of, like, oh, I had a bagel for breakfast. I'm going to crash. I'm going to feel like crap. I'm going to gain weight or whatever. Mm -hmm. And look at your day as a whole whole and be like, okay. Or your week as a whole. Yeah. Or Or your month as a whole. Like, (laughs) don't focus on one meal or one instance. And if you wake up hungry and you're like, why am I hungry? I don't want to be hungry. I don't want to eat. Okay, well, look at your life as a whole. I worked out late last night. I went to bed, like, early, so it's been a long time since I ate last. 
my hormones are telling me I'm hungry. Like there's so much more to eating and making that decision of getting hungry and actually choosing to eat something Mm -hmm. than just like we tend to isolate it to this tiny little decision. And that's really not how life works. Mm -hmm. So that's my biggest first step was even just bringing awareness, not necessarily even changing anything, but just realizing when I looked at a food, what I thought about it Mm -hmm. and why and where that came from. Yep. Uh, Another step that I think is really important that um, I'll kind of give you guys ones that I'm really good at and ones that I'm working on, but um, one I'm really working on is eating without distractions. Yes. And it's so hard for me working from home because I will eat while I work. Yeah. And it's so hard for me to just be like, okay, I need to just take a break and eat Yep. at Focus. my yeah. kitchen table by myself without my phone, without the TV, without anything on. Yeah. Because I'm so tempted to like read or have Respond the music on or, yeah. or have a podcast on. Like yeah. I like, you know, it's like I can't handle the silence mm-hmm. and... So I just need to really work on that with eating. I mean, when we're at dinner together, we don't like, we're not like on our phones while we eat dinner, but, um, you know, when I'm by myself eating it, I think I really need to work on that because when you're distracted, you end up eating more than you need to because you're not like, you're not listening to your hunger cues and you're not stopping when you're full. And that's the issue with eating with distractions is just, you're not focused on how your body is responding to what you're eating and when you're full and when you're hungry and those are the cues that you end up missing out on. Yeah. I think that's a good point. I think mindfully eating. Now this was a practice that we did do in school. I think we had a raisin or a chocolate chip or something. Mm -hmm. We've talked about this before, I think in our podcast, but in school we did learn about mindfully eating, not intuitive eating, which there there is a difference, Mm -hmm. but mindfully eating does play an important role in intuitive eating. Bringing that awareness. That's actually my next step too, is practice mindful eating and it's something that you can practice and get good at, um, but it it doesn't stick unless you continually remember to do it. Mm-hmm. Like Brooke yeah, saying, you, you force get, yourself to do it. Yeah, and I think it's important to do, especially whenever you have time alone, to, okay, I'm going to eat really mindfully and focus on the food and the enjoyment of it, and you'll notice your satisfaction factor goes up. You might stop way earlier. <laughs> like this morning, I had a burrito. I was so hungry this morning, and my sweet husband came home after going to the DMV before he went back to work and he brought me a burrito. It was so good. But I was Mm. so hungry. I was for sure going to scarf the whole thing down. I was like, I'm going to eat this whole thing. And it's a brick. I mean, it's like not quite as big as a Chipotle burrito. But for breakfast, that's big. Yeah. (laughs) And it's a big burrito. And I was like so focused on it. And then it turned out I only needed half. And I was like, oh, okay. Well, I'm full now. Even though I was soup, Like I really thought that I was starving Mm -hmm. to death. Yeah. (laughs) And yet I still only needed half. Because I was alone, I wasn't distracted by anything, and I was eating and thoroughly enjoying this delicious burrito mm-hmm. that I did not have to make or clean up after. Yeah. <laughs> and got to half, and I decided I was full, which is fantastic, because that means I have some for tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Delicious. So, yeah, I think eating mindfully. And there's lots of um, online resources if you guys want to go and look it up and, like, learn how to mindfully eat or do some of the practices and exercises And I think like Brooke and I said, we're both several years into our intuitive eating. This is like a lifelong thing, guys. This is not like Mm -hmm. we've mastered intuitive eating. Now we're done. No, (laughs) that's not true. But it's a daily practice. And I think that's true of mindfully eating as well. So focusing on that, why you're hungry, 
what, you know, what's happening inside your body when you're eating, what's happening inside your body when you feel full, where you're at at your hunger scale, which we have an entire episode about how to tune into your hunger scale. So look Mm -hmm. that up. Um, It was several weeks, months ago, probably at this point. Yeah. But check that out. And then how you feel after you eat. And I think that's really important, too. That kind of goes along with my next one is um, looking at what, where's that? Working on developing self-trust is what I called Mm -hmm. it. I don't know if that's really what you would call it, but learning to trust your body to tell you how much to eat, when to eat, what to eat. Because so often we put our trust in other people, including dietitians, Mm -hmm. but uh, social media influencers, how many of you are listening Mm -hmm. to people that have no idea who you are, don't know your name, don't know your body type, don't know what foods you're allergic to or Mm -hmm. (laughs) you like or don't like. And you're listening to them to tell you what to eat for breakfast. And it's like so counterintuitive because you know what you like for breakfast. You or know what serves you well. Yes. And I think if you don't know, then you just have to do more trial and error. Yeah. And this is like, I'm not a big proponent or a fan of like food journaling or writing down what you eat, but I do think it would be important for someone new to intuitive eating to take note, whether just mentally or physically in a notebook, how foods affect you. If you see something that's, like a consistent, like, oh, I, my belly hurts really bad after drinking milk and that's a consistent thing, Mm -hmm. then maybe try not drinking milk or do a dairy-free substitute, you know, things like that. So you need to make a decision, take a chance, try something, assess how it worked for your body, and then log that kind of into your, like, I don't know, nutrition knowledge on your body so that next time you can make either a better choice or the same choice or... (laughs) try again or whatever that might look like but yeah I think that kind of all goes into learning to trust your body to tell you what's best Mm -hmm. and then I have a few that go together so one is are you a racer or a pacer and I think um it's hard to like like that be an intuitive eater when you're racing through your meal so Mm -hmm. like my brother and dad they like they can finish an entire meal in like five minutes and Mm -hmm. you're like Hey, give your body some time to digest, but also and enjoy the food. Like you're not enjoying your food. You're not. You don't even really taste it. You're um, not getting those satiety sing- signals um, that you're getting full because you're not giving your body time to get those. So, if you're a racer versus a paste eater, um, you're gonna actually pay attention to the signs and you're gonna be able to stop when you're full. But if you're a racer, you're not going to necessarily stop when you're full. And Mm -hmm. so, um, you know, it goes along with eating when you're hungry. So, like, if your body's telling you you're hungry, um, feed it. But also maybe drink some water. That's another Mm -hmm. one is if if you're dehydrated, you may think that you're hungry and you're not. So, if you are hungry, I would say drink a little bit of water. And then if you're still hungry, then eat something. Like, eat what your body needs. So, if you're really hungry, eat something that you know is higher in protein or fat just so you'll get full and stay full longer if you need just quick energy for a workout grab a carbohydrate um and then if you're eating slow and you're a pacer versus a racer you will be able to stop when you're full and you'll be able to get those signals if you're listening um so those are yeah i think that goes along with that is not taking foods on your do not eat list or eat limitedly list when brooke talks about being a pacer you can tune into those signals and saying, oh, I'm full. Like, for example, my breakfast burrito. Mm-hmm. We'll just come back to that because it was freaking delicious. But let's was say... Was it from Santiago's? 
No. Oh, okay. Do they have good breakfast? Oh burritos? my gosh! Oh, my heart's pumping. I'm you so live excited. in Denver and you've never been there. I've been there for dinner and lunch. No, Santiago's. Yeah. They, I don't know if they have dinner and lunch. Yeah, they do. Oh. I've really? been there for dinner and lunch. Are we talking about San Diego's? I think so. Okay, I'm just, okay, you go. Yeah, look it up. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> I can, like, is it the guy that's, like... Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I've only been there for lunch and dinner. Oh, Jesse at only goes there for maybe. breakfast. Oh, I'm so excited. I love breakfast burritos. Very yeah. Denver thing. Um, there's one three miles from here. Really? I know there's one in North by Glen. our church. Which is the one we go to. Yeah, North Glen. Yeah, it's the dancing oh, man. <laughs> dang, I didn't know. The... Okay, now I'm gonna have to go for breakfast. <laughs> you gotta go to Santiago's for breakfast. No, it's like what is... it's known for. Really? Yeah. Gosh, I suck. <laughs> I should know that. No, I, this is from a place called Daylight Donuts, <laughs> but they oh. serve food as well. And their breakfast burritos, there's like a grab and go that you can walk in, and they're uh-huh. just like stacked there. Oh, okay. They're so good. They're like five twenty five or something for like a brick of a burrito. They're really good. Santiago's is two dollars, but they're smaller. What? So you get like Okay, two. well I'm good with yeah. that because this, these ones are huge. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but anyways, so for example, let's say somebody felt like breakfast burritos were not a healthy option. Those are gonna make me gain weight. Those are gonna make me feel sick. I can't eat that. I, that's dangerous. You know, all this verbiage that we tend to use around food that we think is unhealthy for us. So we, let's say we put that on our do not eat list. Mm-hmm. Well, then your husband brings you home a breakfast burrito and you go, okay, well, I guess I'll have it just this one time. And instead of, because you have it on this do not eat list or eat very limitedly list and you have it in front of you and you've already made the decision you're going to eat it. In those cases where it's restricted typically, but now you're choosing to eat it, you're going to eat that whole breakfast burrito because mm-hmm. you don't know the next time you're going to get it. And it's a mental game that mm-hmm. plays in your head of starvation mode. It feels like because it's restricted, I have to eat this whole burrito right now to get the most enjoyment out of this burrito. Mm-hmm. And what ends up happening is you eat way past your hunger cues. You feel like crap. You feel bloated. Mm-hmm. You you know feel sick for the rest of the day. And then it's confirmed in your head that that's a bad food for you. Right. Like you're associating those feelings with that when really those feelings are just because you overate. Yes, exactly. And so it causes the cycle. So then you go, oh, I'm never eating that again. And it goes back on the restricted list Mm -hmm. until you have another opportunity. And then you go, well, I never get this opportunity. So So I'm going to binge. binge. Yeah. So it's this horrible cycle that can happen. And this is what happens with diets in general is you have that last supper mentality of, Diet starts Monday, so Sunday I better order pizza and get mm-hmm. some donuts and get some, you know, whatever foods you're going to swear off for the next week or month or day or however long it lasts. Yeah. It's the same mentality of once you once it becomes restricted or special or put up on a pedestal or only sometimes, you'll capitalize on it when you can eat it and mm-hmm. way overeat and oh, end yeah. up hurting yourself, really, which is really sad. Instead of just like, oh, I had this burrito, it was freaking delicious, I ate half, I felt good, and now I have more for another day, and I feel good about it. Mm-hmm. And it's not on any sort of list. Yeah. And that all has to do with trusting yourself. Yep. And then going along with that, my other step was encouraging yourself with positivity. Yes. So, and encouraging others with positivity. So... Um, really focusing on the things that you like about yourself, whether it's something on your outward appearance. So, like, I really like the way I do my makeup, or I really like my style, or I really like mm-hmm. my hair, I really, um, I have a nice smile, or, you know, you pick out something that you really like about yourself physically, and, you know, something about your personality, and focus on 
that. So, like, if you look at somebody and say, oh, I wish I had her legs, you can look back at yourself and think, but, you know, I have a really nice smile. Yeah. And that she doesn't have. Or, you know, it's just, like, focusing on things that you like about yourself instead of the things that you don't like about yourself or the things that you wish you could change because none of us are perfect. We all have flaws. There's things we could all change about ourselves. But let's, instead of focusing on those, especially the outward appearance things, mm-hmm. let's focus on what we do like about ourselves. And, and those games of comparison are what lead to that diet mentality mm-hmm. of having to make these really restrictive changes because I want to have legs like yours. Mm-hmm. Then I make these changes to try and get those legs, which, which I'm never going to get. Yeah, and you can't, like, <laughs> spot reduce with diet. Yeah, so, right. like, you can't just be like, I'm going to eat this diet for... Yeah. Three months, and then all of a sudden, I'm going to get, like, Jessica Simpson's legs from <laughs> Daisy Dukes or whatever. And it's, like, five inches taller. And, you know, there's Yeah, it's, like, I can't change, change it. Like, yeah. I'm 5'4". I wish I could be 5'8", but that's just never going to happen. So I just got to love myself for my yeah. height. Like, the grass yeah. will always be greener in those cases unless you start to really focus in on what you love about yourself, what you your body can do, and... Take the comparison game out of it. Focus on the positives because that's really, that's why diets make so much money is they shame you with Mm -hmm. pictures of people that you can never be like, make you feel bad about yourself so that you buy their product or dig into their diet or, you know, whatever. And then you ultimately fail, quote unquote, fail because Mm -hmm. no one can live up to those standards, especially for long term. And then um, you go right back into feeling shameful and guilt that you weren't able to stick to the diet. I don't have enough self-control. I used to say that. Mm-hmm. You say, and I used to like make a joke out of it and be like, I don't have enough self-control to go on a diet, which is very true. I do yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm okay Same with here. that. Yeah. yeah. Because ultimately that quote unquote self-control is an unhealthy way to control your life or your body that causes way more damage mentally, physically, emotionally than what actually just making good choices <laughs> builds yeah. you up positively like Brooke is saying is so important well I think just like having a positive relationship with food it's it's something that we should all strive for it's so hard it's yeah. so hard to do but um yeah I mean I've been I've been there I've been out to eat with friends when I've been the person on the other end being like I can't eat that mm. that looks so good and then you just want it that much more and yeah. it's so hard you're like like, I went to Cheesecake Factory when I was on Whole30, and I was like, I just want cheesecake. Uh-huh. And I bought one, and I put it in the fridge because I knew Whole30 was over for a week, like, a week <laughs> later. So I saved it for that week. And you know what? When it ended, uh-huh. I didn't even really want it. Yeah. But I was like, well, now it's in my fridge, so just I got to eat it. Have it. But oh, I just no. wanted it because I couldn't have it, yep. you know? And had I been just on a regular, like, just eating whatever I wanted at Cheesecake Factory, like, maybe I would have gotten it. And yeah. if I did, I probably would have taken me two or three days to eat it um, because it's so rich. But um, if I wasn't on the diet, then maybe I would have taken it. Maybe I would have left it. But I knew that that was an option. Or taken a few bites and been done. Yeah, taken a few bites and brought it home. Shared it or, yeah. Yeah, or shared it with somebody. So I mean, I probably wouldn't have shared it. I probably would have taken it home and (laughs) ate it over like three days. Uh Um, I don't share food. Yeah. Joey doesn't doesn't share food. Oh, man. It's so true. And this is actually on my list, too, is actually... So I'm a list person. I'm a writer-downer. I'm like, this is how I function best, is like to actually write everything down. So my recommendation is to actually physically keep a list of foods that's on your, like, do not eat list or that you're restricting. And I'm telling you, 
to work off that list and literally like if you have cheesecake on there or Cheetos or I don't know I'm trying to think of foods that I used to like limit pop you know things like that that you put on this like imaginary list that you can't have or you're you can't be trusted around Mm -hmm. I used to say this and I used to say it as a joke and it's it was true, but I used to say it as a joke, knowing that, like, oh, my relationship with food is better than that. But I used to say, like, oh, I can't be trusted around that, or I can't be trusted to keep chips in my mm-hmm. house because I'll eat the whole bag. Buy the bag. Seriously, buy the bag, eat the whole bag. Buy the next bag, eat the whole bag again. Buy the next bag, and you'll realize that you start to go, I don't actually even like those chips. Like, they're st- here, they're available. <laughs> yes. So I'll eat them when I want them, but they're always going to be available. Yes. So I don't need them. This yeah. is the thing. Like, if you start to realize, that food's on this imaginary list, whatever reason we came up with this list. And by the way, everyone's list is different. Like, oh yeah, absolutely. breakfast burritos, you know, to one person, that sounds like the worst, most unhealthy food in the world. And to me, it's like, hey, that's packed with protein and carbs and fat and it'll keep me long, like healthy. It'll probably keep you very full. Yeah. yeah. So. so to me, it's like a superfood. Like seriously, foods can be so different for people. Mm-hmm. So if you start to take foods off those lists and give yourself freaking permission to eat them Mm -hmm. and eat I mean this is like that old thing of like smoking a pack of cigarettes until you're sick and then you'll never touch a cigarette again it's like eat the whole bag of chips you're not gonna feel good and if you listen to your body your body's never gonna ask you to do that again Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying you have to eat the whole bag but if you think that that's what you're gonna do and you end up doing that binging on it you'll learn very quickly that your body does not respond well to it and you won't do it again and it's like People think it sounds so crazy, and I do feel like a lot of people, when I talk about intuitive eating, they think it's just, oh, eat whatever you want, whenever you want it, Mm -hmm. and all I'm ever going to eat if you give me permission is ice cream and soda and chips and all these foods that I've previously restricted. That's not how it is. It's not how... No, it's not how it is. Like, when I gave myself permission to just eat whatever I wanted, I actually found out that I was eating... I quote unquote like healthier foods yes. most of the time because I was like it's hot out I'm really craving a salad yes. but I'm gonna like have a little dessert with my salad right. because I'm craving it today um, yep. but it was just like the pressure was off and you just like really were like thinking to yourself like what am I craving today what yes. do I want what do I want to eat and the more like fruits and vegetables you eat the more you'll start to crave those foods <laughs> and so Um, again, like uh, what Alyssa said is intuitive eating isn't just eat whatever you want, whenever you want. Um, and just don't care about your health. Right. Because we still like, we still care about our health. We, we want to be healthy. We don't want to have high blood pressure. We don't want to have diabetes. Like there are things that we can prevent Mm -hmm. for the most part. I mean, some of it's genetic, but Mm -hmm. there are things we can prevent for the most part. And we want to be able to prevent those things. So again, we care about our health. We eat fruits and vegetables. We strive to eat fruits and vegetables every day because we know they're so good for us and we eat the ones we like, but we also try to have a variety. Mm -hmm. Um, But when we want something that's quote unquote unhealthy, we eat it because yeah, again, if you eat it and you're like, I just didn't feel that good after that, like that cookie, like I had a cookie for breakfast and it did not satisfy me. I hit a, like I hit a wall, I crashed. Then the next day, you're not going to want that cookie for breakfast. Right. You may want it later in the day when you've already eaten and your blood sugar is more stable. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, it's just you – it's trial and error for what works for you. And certain fruits and vegetables or certain foods you may not do well with, and that's okay. Then you mm-hmm. know and you just – you can avoid – you can avoid things if they really make you ill. Mm-hmm. And then – 
um, you know, that's a good reason to avoid a food if you physically get ill from it or throw up or get terrible reflux. I mean, there are (laughs) reasons to avoid foods. Right. But um, don't just avoid it because you think it's unhealthy. Avoid it because it genuinely is making you ill. (laughs) Right. And you've had, you know, I look at every eating experience as a new, like, piece of information that you can then stash in your brain as, like, this is how I feel after I have trail mix or this is how I feel after I have a cookie for breakfast Mm -hmm. and this is how I feel after I have avocado toast for breakfast so that you can make better choices to align with your body next time Mm -hmm. you know so it's like it's all just building that trust in your body building your knowledge of how your body responds and that includes tuning in before you eat while you're eating in between meals after you're done eating you know and focusing on okay how do I feel right now do I feel like a sugar rush? Do I feel really like I can't calm down? Do I feel like I need to take a nap? Do I feel energized? Do I feel strong? Do I feel, you know, awake? Do I feel alert? Do I feel mentally prepared for the day? You know, there's so many things that you can focus in on that food affects. Um, But at the same time, like we talked about, not depriving yourself and making food take up space in your life. It's not meant to take up mental energy Mm -hmm. or space the way that we've allowed it to, especially I think women, we've let food take such a hold of our life. Either we're avoiding it at all costs, we're punishing our body for being hungry, Mm -hmm. we're trying to ignore those hunger cues or like suppress them or work out to work off food. It's so much mental and physical energy that's not meant to be spent on that. Ever since becoming an intuitive eater, food takes up less space in my body and my mind and like energy and yet I get more out of it yeah same here and I think you know like the most stress you should have around food is like I gotta go to the grocery store <laughs> meal plan I have to meal plan because yeah. I mean it can be stressful to try to meal plan for right. your family mm-hmm. like oh, I gotta find something that they all like and that is kind of stressful mm-hmm. so if that's the most stressful thing that you have around food then that's fine that's normal um but yeah you don't want the stress of like what is I'm going to gain weight, like the fear of gaining weight or the fear of getting fat, like those fears with food, those are not good. Like it gives you so much mental anxiety and stress that you don't need in your life. Like life's already stressful. Yeah. So like, why are we giving food and diet culture a reason to stress us out more? Especially us as women. (laughs) Like we are already stressed, especially if we're moms. Like we're moms. We have enough shit on our plate. Like seriously, um, literally, literally, like I cleaned up shit three times today, (laughs) sprayed it into the toilet because I cloth diaper. Yeah. Nope. I love cloth diapering, by the way. But um, Sponsor us. Well, yes. Sponsor oh, Brooke, I guess. Sponsor us. Not me. Yes. Um, but it's just like we have so much mentally on our plate now, yeah. especially as women. So, like, why are we adding this on? And even, like, it's so funny because we can – I could, like, go on a beach and be in a bikini. And, like, mm-hmm. I do not have a perfect body by any means. But I feel comfortable. Yeah. Like, in my own skin. And I'm not a size zero. I never will be. I know I'll never – be probably even a size two or four and that's fine like I'm totally comfortable in my skin but there's people at the beach who I'm next to who have a great body and Mm -hmm. maybe they're a lot smaller than me maybe they weigh 50 pounds of me and they're not happy in their body they're they're scared of food they have these stressors in their life like maybe they are small smaller because they are on a strict diet and they're depriving themselves and they're not happy and it's like I would so much rather be just mentally okay with how I'm at. Yes, I care about my health and I work out because I know it makes me feel good and I eat fruits and vegetables because it makes me feel good. But 
um, just like not stressing about yeah. the way I look. It's just like, it's so nice yeah. <laughs> to and just not care. The stress is such a big key part of it. Like if you look into research of how much stress affects, stress is your the, hormones, your hormones yes. your weight. That is, so putting stress around food because you might gain weight, add stress, which make, makes, makes you, you gain, gain weight. weight. <laughs> It truly does. Same with like lack of sleep and like there's other things too. I mean, now to be clear, as a disclaimer, for some of you who maybe are very restrictive or controlling with food, if you, you know, join into intuitive intuitive eating, there is a chance that you may gain weight because your body is initially, yeah, at a higher weight. Not everybody, and some people, even the opposite is true, is when they start taking foods off their do not eat list and they stop binging and going through that binge diet cycle, they may lose weight on two to being, or some of us may just stay the same. Yeah. But the point is, is to be body confident, find peace in your body and where your body's going to sit naturally, find peace with food, and your life, like the amount of happiness (laughs) and lightness you'll feel, because we all have to eat. So this is something we're dealing with you know, two to seven times a day we're eating, most of us, that, like, you can't avoid it. Right. <laughs> You're going to have stress that's hitting you two to seven times a day because of how much food controls your thoughts or your your life. That's a lot of stress to put on your body who's already struggling mm-hmm. because you're restricting or because you're binging or whatnot. Yeah. So, so just breathe it in and breathe it Right. And, you know, again, like, we are health conscious, so right. we do – try to eat foods for the most part that we know gives us energy that is good for us. Like that has, that's packed with fruit or sorry, vitamins and minerals, like things that are going to help our skin and help our organs. So of course, like we want you drinking water over (laughs) soda Uh because water is going to do so much for your body, your skin, your digestion. I mean, there's so many things that's affecting all of your organs. I mean, you, you need water to function. So just like I wouldn't recommend somebody instead of water, replace your water with soda. Yeah. I mean, because you're or not only con- coffee or yeah, or only coffee tea. or only, yeah, yeah, only any other beverage because, um, you're just, your organs are not going to be getting the same like benefits. Yeah. And again, if you have a soda every once in a while, that's fine. Mm-hmm. But you know, it's, it's still, it's, it's like finding that balance of like trying to eat things that make you feel good. Um, that are real foods because they're going to make you feel better than processed foods, mm-hmm. but allowing yourself processed foods when you want them. And you'll just find that once you give into it in like six months later down your road, you're going to be like, I don't even want that anymore. Yeah. It becomes less and less like, and it takes up less space. So if I want, you know, a cookie for breakfast or whatever, I don't let that take up time or energy or space where I can contemplate it or worry about it or think about it or try to make up for it. I eat the cookie and I move on. I learn yep. from it and then you I don't move on. give yourself the guilt. And that's what a right. lot of people do is like if they have a binge or have um, a time where they eat a lot of unhealthy foods, they'll just think, I'm so bad. Now I need to go to the gym. I need to work it off. It's causing all this stress in their life. They're not getting over it. They're not moving on. And like a listener at the point now where when we eat something that's unhealthy by most people's standards, we enjoy it and then we move on. And then typically like the next meal, we'll try to focus on fruits or vegetables or other things just to help us feel better physically, you know, like, cause typically if you eat a lot of processed foods, your, your energy is going to, you're going to crash. Your blood sugar is going to spike and crash. I mean, it doesn't feel good Mm -hmm. all the time. Sometimes it's worth it though. Yeah. Right. Sometimes it definitely is. Sometimes it's worth it. And that's where like intuitive eating journey for everyone looks totally different. 
but there are some universal truths, you know, about nutrition and what's, what's going to serve your body well, you know, taking the emotional and mental component out of it. There are definitely whole foods out there that are going to work well for your body. And that's just pretty much universal, Mm -hmm. but the everyone's intuitive eating journey looks different. However, I will say that I think a lot of people's intuitive eating journey starts with, I'm so unhappy. I'm so stressed. Food controls my thoughts. I didn't think, and this is the thing is I didn't think it did. You know, I think most people Mm -hmm. don't think that it does, but when you start to take stock of how much you worry about food, going to an body image image, and diet culture. Yeah. Yeah. I think once you start to take stock of it, you realize like, oh, this is capitalizing my thoughts. Then you start to, okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start this intuitive eating journey. All right, Brooke and Alyssa said I can eat whatever I want, whenever I want, even if it's on my do not eat list. I'm going to write down all the foods that I'm afraid of or <laughs> would never let in, and I'm going to work through them. So I think a lot of people's intuitive eating journey then looks like you're eating whatever you want, whenever you want, and getting sick and feeling like crap and not loving it. And then you go, oh my gosh, I just need some freaking vegetables. Like <laughs> all right. I've been eating is crap. Like when you go so on like, vacation yes. and you eat crappy yes. all week, then you're like, I can't wait to go home and eat a salad. Wait. Yeah. yeah, you when creep Josh it. and I did our staycation, we went out to eat all the time, and I remember Monday morning being like, "I feel like the biggest green smoothie right now because I feel so bloated and so uncomfortable." <laughs> you know, it's it's a natural reaction that your body will want these healthier whole foods. So then turn around and start incorporating those into your diet. <laughs> diet culture does not have claims on salads and green smoothies and quote unquote healthy foods. You can have them too, even when you're intuitively eating. And that's the thing is you're not eating a salad because you have to eat a salad because you ate a cheeseburger last night. You're not eating a salad because you have to get your greens in or, you know, half your plate has to be greens. You're choosing it because you want to feel better mm-hmm. <laughs> and you want a salad. You want a cold, crunchy, delicious salad with nuts and bacon and <laughs> salad dressing and cheese. You know, it's like... You're focusing on what you actually do want, and once you give your permission to eat those foods out of pleasure and not out of shame or guilt, you realize that you enjoy them or you enjoy roasted vegetables or, you know, and that's the other thing is be creative and figure out how to cook your food so that you actually like them and enjoy Mm -hmm. them and incorporate them into your diet. And eventually, you level out to this place of, here's how I eat normally. It's mostly foods that serve my body well, which are whole foods. But if I see something I want and it's worth it, I indulge in it. And Mm -hmm. sometimes it feels good and sometimes you regret it. But you know what? You move on. You don't let it occupy space. So that being said, I think that's all mine. Yeah. (laughs) I think I hit most of mine. Do you have any more? Yeah, I think just like realizing if it's physical or emotional eating. And um, it's okay to emotionally eat sometimes as long – I think as long as you recognize what you're doing. Yeah. You know, I – some people just like emotionally eat and they just like, oh, well, I'm depressed, so I have to eat ice cream. And then it's like turns into a habit because you're depressed all the time. And right. it's like, okay, can we realize that sometimes we want to emotionally eat and that's okay, but let's not rely on our emotions to eat at all meals every point of the day. We should have other coping mechanisms to handle something like depression or anxiety or stress or overwhelm. And food absolutely can be one of those things that you use Mm -hmm. to cope, but you should have more than just food in your toolkit. Exactly. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think that's the point is just... I feel like we could do a whole episode on like emotional eating. It would be interesting because I think it is something people struggle with or Mm -hmm. deal with. And then also like 
they ask, is this okay? Like, is it okay that I emotionally eat? And it's like, yes, it's okay. <laughs> we all emotionally eat. Mm-hmm. Or some people emotionally avoid food, you know, they because mm-hmm. it's something they can control. So that might be an interesting one. But yeah, so those are our tips. So I, I feel like maybe flag this episode and listen to it, you know, every few months or whatever, because I do think it's something that you have to learn over time. And what I have written here at the bottom is every time you eat every day is a new opportunity to grow in your intuitive eating journey. Add to that docket and toolkit of what you know about your body, how your body responds to food, you know, how you need to use food or what foods you're afraid of or what foods you want to let back in your life. You know, all of this control and guilt, shame, diet cycle that we talked about. It's a process. It's long. It takes years and you never even master it. It's just how you live your life. And the biggest thing is saying no to diets, walking away from anything that makes you feel icky or bad about yourself and focusing on the good and the positive and the good relationship with food that not only you have, but then you spread to people around you. Because when you have a good relationship with food, you teach that to your kids, you teach that to your spouse, (laughs) you teach that to family members around you. And they, I think that they get really inspired by people who are confident eaters and make their choices and don't have shame around it because it's Mm -hmm. so entrenched in our culture to be shamed around going to McDonald's or, you know, eating unhealthy or something like that. And you should have no shame. If you're making a choice to drink a soda at lunch, drink a soda at lunch. Don't be ashamed of it. Like if you wanted it and you think it's going to serve your body at this time, either emotionally or physically, then do it and move on. Mm -hmm. No one cares because at the end of the day, what you eat only affects you. It doesn't affect people around you. So you shouldn't care what they think. So yeah. I think that's it. Yep. Hope this is helpful. Yeah. Maybe try one or two steps this week. And then if you feel like you've gotten control over those things, then you can work on the other things. But I wouldn't try to change all of this at once because it's really hard to do. Yeah. This is a slow, slow process. And even like I said, the identifying diet culture or identifying, you know, food thoughts that I have, this still comes up for me. Even Mm -hmm. when I think I've like come on the other side of it and I have no weird food rolls, something comes up. (laughs) Yeah. It's like. So true. Yeah. Why do I have that thought? Mm-hmm. And where does that come from? And who taught me that? Or why do I believe that? And then looking into the research, you know, this right. is stuff that still I deal with. So it never goes away. I don't think it ever fully goes away, <laughs> no. but I think we definitely feel way more in control of it yes. now than we did. And once you identify diet culture or like things that are screaming out to you in, in culture in general, mm-hmm. it's easier to pick out and go, okay, that that's fake or that's crazy or that's just trying to get me to buy their product or that's just trying to get me to feel shame or feel bad and you it's easier to pick out the better it's like literally working a muscle the more Mm -hmm. often you do it the stronger you're going to be become to become and the faster you're going to be able to recognize it and omit it from your life Mm -hmm. so work out that muscle baby good luck (laughs) good luck send you on your way mm-hmm. if you have any questions or concerns find us on diet riot podcast um no diet.riot.podcast on instagram email us at hello at dietriotpodcast.com and we'll see you next week bye peace Rafa, I'm going to edit you out of here. Go lay down. Go. You're so cute. Go lay down.
I love puppies. Well, we're dog people. Rafa, go lay down. Go. I'm sorry. Hey, you go smell like my dog. Go to your room. Like oh, a so teenager. sad. <laughs> oh, in his poor room is the laundry room and bathroom. You're a terrible dog, mom. <laughs> it's nice and cold it's in there. It's like he's he's Harry nice. Potter under the stairs. Go to your room. This is the second Harry oh Potter gosh. reference in two episodes, so. 